This is an EM Pulse Heartbeat with your hosts, Sarah Medeiros and Julia Magana. Welcome back to EM Pulse. I don't know about you all, but I am getting so tired of doing everything online. Faculty meetings, conferences, my kids' school, birthday parties, holidays, even social events are online. But like it or not, we are doing a lot more of our interacting online. And even after the pandemic, we may continue to have more meetings and events using this format. So I know this topic isn't exactly medical, but it is so relevant, not just for meetings, but for teaching and job and residency interviews, etc. And if you're like me, you can tell who knows how to use Zoom and who does not. The visuals and audio can be distracting and can keep you from getting your message across. So today we are going to review a few simple things that can optimize your Zoom sessions. To do that, I am going to interview Julia. Hi! Now you all know Julia as my co-host on EM Pulse, and she's an associate professor of pediatric emergency medicine at UC Davis. I am picking her brain today because she is a teaching nerd who is married to an audio nerd, and therefore she has the know-how on optimizing using this platform to share your message. We are definitely nerdy. (laughs) (laughs) So Julia, let's work through this variable by variable. What is the number one distracting mistake that you see people make on Zoom meetings? There are so many mistakes people make, and it is getting better. But forgetting to mute and unmute at the right time is probably the number one mistake that I see. Use your mute button, people. If you are not speaking, please put yourself on mute. No one wants to hear you eating or you're screaming kiddos. Oh, sorry. Right. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) Okay. So now that we're talking about the mic, let's talk about how we can optimize our sound. Yeah, that's a really great question because the mics in our computers generally really suck. So if you can, try to use an external mic. I personally like the AirPod Pros when I'm on a meeting and you can get those anywhere. Costco has great deals and great returns. So that's my go-to place, but they're widely available. I love the AirPod Pros because I can use those to walk around and listen on a Zoom call or for recording good sound as well. They're a multitask unit, and I can use my CME funds to buy them, which is awesome. Bonus. (laughs) But recently, I switched over to a Shure mic that I sit on my desk to take it to that next level. And when you're setting up that mic, Sarah, you want to be as close to the mic as possible. If you're recording something or presenting at a conference, headphones are an absolute must. And if you need high-quality audio, make sure that you're in a quiet place. And if you're just recording sound, try going into your closet where you can get the really best sound. Yeah, those are some great tips. I use either my AirBuds or um, this fancy mic that Orlando got for me. Um, But but the Shure mics work great, too. And they're even the little ones that you can plug into your iPhone that give really great sound. Um, I've definitely done the closet trick as well, although if you actually need to be on video, it doesn't work quite as well. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So what about the visuals? I feel like a lot of people look washed out or backlit or they have double chins. How can we improve this? Yeah, I mean, how you look is the really big second bucket when optimizing Zoom. First of all, lights. 
I walked around with my computer when we first started setting up Zoom and just turned my camera on and found out where the most flattering light was in my room. Your goal is to avoid shadows. And natural diffused light directly in front of you is honestly the best. So try sitting in front of a window and even better if there are windows on all sides except behind you. That really is great. But whatever you do, don't sit with a window behind you as that will create this grainy appearance as your camera is trying to get the best exposure for your face. Another trick to get extra diffuse light is to open a mostly white page such as your email or Facebook and turn up the screen light to maximum. And this will light your face for recording. Yeah, great pointers. The other aspect of how you look is the camera, and this is predominantly about the angles. The worst angle is the one that everyone uses, and that is with the camera looking up towards your face. That creates chins and has you looking down so your eyes look closed even if they're open. The best way to do it is actually prop up your computer on a pile of books. I personally use some old medical books that I have or something else that lifts the camera just slightly above so you're looking up. And you should be about three feet away from the camera for a presentation so you can use your hands and that your hands can be with inside of the frame. I know I use my hands a lot when I'm talking. Yeah, and that lifting the camera up, that made a big difference for me when I was doing a presentation recently. It just changes the whole angle and is really much more flattering. Yeah, it really does. It's a super easy fix. Grab one of those old textbooks, put them to use, <laughs> and it changes the whole visuals for sure. The other thing, you have to look in your background, see what's behind you. And that's not just the walls, but the kids that are running in, the doors that are opening. You have to be aware of what's behind you. So try to pick one area that you're going to do your video conferencing in consistently and keep that area neat. Be aware of those things that are behind you and try to avoid a door so that people aren't walking in and out from behind there. Yeah, I don't know if you remember early in the pandemic, there was one notorious one where a newscaster was broadcasting something about haircuts, I think. But anyway, in the background, you could see her partner getting out of the shower. <laughs> so this is an important one. It is so true. I We've had our kids run in in various stages of clothing. <laughs> uh, it's just something to be aware of. And certainly moving away from a door has helped me in that process for sure. The other thing that can be really distracting with the visuals is where are your eyes as the speaker? You know, try to stay focused on that camera, not on yourself, which is hard to do. <laughs> and also don't be reading emails and other notes during that time. People can see that with your eyes since it's just your face that they're focused on. Yeah. And one trick that I have used is to actually put my little video box of me up in the middle near my camera. And that way I can look at the camera. I can glance at myself and make sure I look okay. And it is not as obvious as if I was looking down at myself in the bottom corner. I definitely do that as well, um, especially when I find myself wondering with my eyes. The other thing that you can do to help your own presentation, your own visuals, is to wear something that contrasts with that background, something that really pops. I actually keep a brightly colored cardigan nearby. I have one upstairs and downstairs that I can pop on whenever I'm on a video conference or recording. And um, it just helps to kind of create contrast between you and what's behind you. 
Okay, so there are a lot of good tips right there, especially for the visuals. And these are things that Julia and I are doing all the time because as teaching faculty, we are actually on a lot of Zoom calls and giving a lot of presentations. So let me summarize. This is what I heard. Use the natural light in front of you, not behind you. Lift your camera angle up and keep your eyes on the camera, not yourself. And be sure to check out what's going on in the background before you get started. All right. So what about presenting information? Any tips there, Jules? Yeah. You know, like you said at the beginning, Sarah, we are teaching faculty. So teaching is a part of our lives, taking complex information and boiling it down as a part of our lives. And going virtual, you use some of those same principles, but there's a couple of things that you have to switch or at least be aware of. And the first thing is when you're virtual, there are a ton of competing distractions, even more so than being in a big conference room and people's phones in front of you or in front of them. Rather, you have the dog outside, you have them going for a walk, you have their computer email. There are so many things to compete with. So you really have to crank up that energy and crank up your efficiency of how you're sharing that information. And that energy is the first thing. That camera just eats up that energy. So you need to turn up your enthusiasm, smile as you speak to brighten your voice. Even if they can't see you, that actually changes the way that your voice is being projected. Be animated and sound clear and vibrant. And some of those are things that we talked about with the mic that, that will help you with that piece of becoming clear and vibrant. But also be aware of your body and practice ahead of time to see what you look like on your camera before you get there. And keep your energy within the camera frame. Also, I would say don't sit on a swivel chair or any other mobile device. I don't know about your kids, but mine have the bouncy chairs. That's not good <laughs> in a professional setting because it's so much harder to concentrate when the speaker is moving too much or when they're just like deadpan in front of you. Yes, definitely true. The other thing for the slides, I would still say less is more. Even though people can focus on your slides in front of them on the computer a little bit easier than in a conference setting, the slides still should be fairly simple. And your slides should complement your message and not distract by making the audience feel like they need to speed read through every word that's on your slide. Also, many people are participating on phones. So imagine your words or those images on that super small screen. I, whenever I'm reviewing a presentation or creating one, I always create it and then put it on my phone so I can see what it looks like there. Those are a couple of things that I would suggest. Yeah, I second that too. I just got some feedback on a talk I gave to medical students. And you know, I try really hard to be minimal with my slides. Yeah. And I had... I, what I thought were very few words on there, but I had not changed my slides from the in-person presentation that I usually give. And so even the few words that I did have on there felt like too much for them in a virtual setting. So I think that's definitely true. Even the font can change your ability to read that, right? Like it could work on a big screen, that font works, but then you put it on your phone and you can't read it anymore. So it's you really just have to try it on your phone and be aware of how people are consuming the knowledge that you're sharing with them. Awesome. I know that I am going to be using a lot of these tips in my next meeting, which is coming up pretty soon, actually. <laughs> 
Our producer and our go-to audio engineer, Orlando Magana, has helped us compile a list of recommended products to help optimize your next virtual meeting. None of this is sponsored, just some equipment that we have used and liked. So check it out in the show notes. And join us for our next podcast on February 17th, when we're going to be exploring the use of telemedicine. Is the future of the emergency department all online? We will hear from Dr. Josh Elder, who's an emergency medicine physician and is redefining telehealth. See you then.